Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now, from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Nation. That's Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, along with my co-pilot and co-host, uh, and she does have more hair than I do, uh, Leanne Whippen, uh, <laughs> Hall of Famer there. Camaro Dave, Commander Chris, running around the studio behind me somewhere. Uh, and we're coming to you from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studio here in Portland. We would like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended. You can check them out at PaintedHillsNaturalBeef.com. Well, if I took the time to read uh, today's guest's uh win record this is only an hour show so we would chop up about 45 minutes of me just going through the list of everything chris has won chris schaefer grand champion at the jack this year and on the flip side of that of course leanne was one of the judges this is the first time i think we've done it this way so chris welcome leanne there you go yeah thank yeah thanks for having me guys yeah no problem leanne and i were trying to figure out if she judged my food but there's no good way to decode the we actually pulled out the score sheet. I had the pleasure of being in his area after the Jack and uh, went to his wonderful, really, truly wonderful restaurant, which was uh, competition worthy, uh, served in a restaurant, which is amazing. And so we pulled out the score sheet and we're like, hmm, trying to figure it out, make heads or tails of it. And we could not figure out, you know, what the coding was to see if I actually had his food or not. But I had some excellent food at the Jack, uh, which means you reigned supreme that you won the Jack. And congratulations. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you were. Uh, well, you you were in 2019, 2021, you were world champ over at the Royal uh, Invitational, I think, if I got the title uh, correct. That was actually that was the KCBS Invitational. KCBS Invitational. Like I yeah, think they you, started that. They started got, that in 2019 to kind of uh, be their own their own world championship for just KCBS where the Royal lets in all sanctioning bodies. Okay. Well, like I said, your list is far too long, Chris, for me to, to sit there and, and read it to everybody. So let's kind of, because you're a newbie on the show and I we talked about that before we went on the air, I can't figure out why we haven't had you on here before, but um, I'll ask you a couple obvious questions. Have you ever since you were small, did you, have an interest in barbecue was it a family thing how did you get started yeah so um when i was i guess like 15 years old um i got my first job and i was working outside in a harbor i grew up kind of right on the river cutting grass and uh, working on docks that kind of thing and one day a guy yelled out of the restaurant that was there and he's like hey i had a dishwasher calling you want to wash dishes and i was like that sounds way easier than cutting grass um, and so I went in and, uh, within like a few weeks, they had me on the fryers and within a couple of months I was on the grill and I was 16 years old running the grill at this restaurant, um, working, you know, work, working a good amount of hours and just really kind of, you know, getting, getting into it. And I, I cooked at that restaurant all through high school and college. And so, um, about, you know, seven, eight years sure. in the, in the restaurant. 
And uh, I went away from it. Um, you know, I, I got a degree in accounting and uh, business and kind of went to the business world. And um, I was managing sprint stores. And I'd seen pitmasters and I'd kind of done some stuff in the backyard, but n- nothing, you know, even close to this level. I had a guy that worked for me that was doing competition barbecue. And he's like, man, like you got cooking experience. You'd probably like this. And so um, he invited me out to my first competition in 2011. And I get there and he's like, all right, well, you're cooking chicken. I was like, uh. <laughs> I was I like, okay. The same thing. <laughs> yeah. He says, uh, he says, you're cooking chicken. I was like, I don't know how to cook chicken. And so, you know, they, they walked me through it. And I, I mean, I did everything, you know, and we were scraping skins and um, trimming them up, trying to make them pretty and do all that. And uh, I believe I got 38th out of like 44 teams. And, um, and you would think that would like deter you, but like, it was so much fun. Um, and and I, I look back at that competition and Leanne would probably recognize these names more. So I didn't know anybody out there, not a single person. And it was like, it was like, Iowa Smoky D's and mm-hmm. Shake and Bake and Blue Bloods and like like you go through a true I think True Bud was like you go through the yeah. list and I and I'm like oh my gosh I cooked against those guys. Um, no wonder the, you finished 38. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't finish 44th. I mean I learned how to cook chicken 12 minutes before I cooked it, you know. And uh, so I took over chicken on that team and uh, we were only cooking you know five six competitions a year all KCBS and uh, so 2012 2013. I cooked with those guys. And then um, I'm just kind of like, I don't even know how to explain it. Like I, when I played football, my favorite term was always uh, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard, you know? Yeah. Hmm. And, and I was like, you know, I would be the best at this. And and I, I swear to you that, that, that winter going to like 2014 I, or 2013, I bet you I cooked a thousand chicken thighs. I was cooking three, four times a week to the point that my wife wouldn't even eat them anymore. And uh, in 2013, <laughs> Yeah, 2013, I came out in the first competition. I took uh, first place chicken. And the second one, I took first place chicken. And uh, we were cooking a lot of St. Louis Barbecue Society at that point. And uh, the next next competition, I was like fifth place chicken. And then we cooked a Sam's event in Lexington, Kentucky. And I got second place chicken. I mean, I was just on fire. Uh-huh. And so the next year it was 2014. And um, I wanted to cook a, a competition. I was in retail. And so I didn't get a lot of weekends off and there was a Saturday, Sunday competition that I wanted to cook, but my partner at the time, uh, Cole Hardy, who got me into it, he, he went to church and he wasn't going to cook on a Sunday and I respect the heck out of that, but, but I wanted to cook it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I borrowed his drum, uh, a couple of his drums and his trailer. And I went out to cook that thing. And I didn't, I, I didn't ever plan on starting my own team. I was going to cook with Cole for the rest of my life. You know, that was the plan. And so Cole always had this joke. People would say, how do you cook such great barbecue? And he'd say salt, pepper, and heavy smoke. And so I registered for that event. And like as an ode to Cole, I signed up as salt, pepper, and heavy smoke. And uh, before I sent that application, I was like, ah, that's too long. And I just, I just drew a line through salt and pepper and sent it as heavy smoke. And uh, I reserved, I reserved grand that comp. And uh, we would, we'd never got a reserve or a grand cooking uh, together. That was all she wrote. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so. I reserved that comp. And then that year it was the St. Louis barbecue. said they take your top six comps. Or, yeah. And so I, I cooked six more as heavy smoke that year. And I think I finished sixth for t- their team of the year. And um, that was all she wrote from there. I mean, mm-hmm. 2015 and uh, I cooked maybe 11 comps. I was cooking me, you know, 10 to 20 and 2018. I think I cooked like 35 and 19. I cooked like, you know, 35. And so I've been cooking 35 to 45 comps a year ever since. And uh, we've, we've in 2019, we cooked, 
I think it was 12 or 13 SLBS events. And I think it was, you know, 20 KCBS events. And we won the St. Louis team of the year and we got first and team of the year for three of the four categories and finished 17th and KCBS team of the year in the same year. Um, and then 2020, I officially moved over to cooking all KCBS. Excellent story. I, I, I love it. I know that deal of cooking something so much your wife will not eat it anymore. Chris, yep. I've, I've done that. Um, so I, I don't practice when she's around. I'll put it that way. It, it, you know, well, I, I still practice a lot. I think people are surprised to hear that. Um, but like I said, I, I, when I, when I put my mind to something, I, I want to be the best. And, sure. uh, and so I still practice like crazy. And, and uh, a lot of times now I just practice at the restaurant because it's easy to, you know, get there and be working and practicing while I'm there. And then my employees still love eating the food. Um, if I practice at home, it just goes to waste or goes to the neighbors because my wife doesn't want any of it. I got fat neighbors now. I mean, I'm a fat, <laughs> I'm a fat guy, so I can say that. But I give away most of what I cook, actually. So I give away all of it. And I, this is this is not even an exaggeration. When I get home from a competition and I pull on my street, there's a lot of times neighbors waiting outside, <laughs> and I and I just I just pull up to their house and roll down the window, but it's in the cooler. And they'll, they'll reach in the cooler and grab their ribs and brisket and pork, whatever. And they, they just take it inside. And I just try to get it to a different neighbor every time. Oh, there so you started go. with mastering chicken. What was your next meat that you moved on to? It sounds like you're kind of methodical. Well, so when I was cooking chicken on that team, I was practicing ribs a lot because we had a rib guy that uh, it was me and Cole and his brother, Aaron, and his brother lived in Kansas City and we're in St. Louis. And so his brother couldn't make every competition. And so I was practicing ribs. And then if Aaron couldn't show up, I would do ribs. But the whole time, you know, I'd pay, I'd pay a ton of attention to Cole and I would practice some of the back with the big meats. And so I went from cooking nothing but chicken on that team to, to literally cooking um, all four. Mm -hmm. Are you still using drums or what are you cooking on? So I've kind of had a weird journey uh, on smokers. When we first started um, my, uh, my partner, Cole, he actually bought a Myron Mixon water smoker. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a cool story. He bought it. He, I think it was on the barbecue brethren. He found that somebody was, uh, which, which was the Bible to us back in the day. Right. I recall. And, mm -hmm. and so he found a barbecue, barbecue brethren. Someone was selling one of these and it was in Florida and he had to go pick it up. And he went down there with a trailer. When he got there, it was Myron. And they literally cooked on it this competition and then rolled it up on his trailer and he went home with it. And so, uh, he had, a, he had a big Myron mix and water smoker and I was cooking on a W, uh, WSM, uh, for chicken. Mm -hmm. And when I went to start my own team, I went to drums strictly because I was poor and I could make my own drums. I didn't have any mm -hmm. money to go, to go buy anything. And so I made all my own drums and, um, our evolution kind of went from making a little bit better drum. And then I made drums that ran like gateways. Um, 2015, I made all new drums that run basically just like gateways. And I made them with my brother. And at the end of 2015, my brother passed away. And uh, I was pretty hell bent on using those drums as long as I could, basically until they were impeding my ability to win, if that makes sure. sense. Sure. Uh -huh. And uh, I got a new trailer in July. And for some reason, man, those drums just weren't running right. I just, I just couldn't get it figured out on the new trailer. I don't know if it's the porch, airflow. I mean, it didn't make any sense. Um, but then in September, um, I picked up uh, four new gateways um, to cook on in the competitions and had to retire my brother's smokers. But uh, I, I always had gateways and I practiced on gateways. And then I'd compete on these homemade drums and people never understood. But I just wanted, I just wanted to see how much I could win on my brother's drums. 
Oh, I understand that. There's a, uh, there's tradition, history, and you know, family involved. So you don't give up on that. Yeah, Never do. Um, we're going to take a break here and we're going to be back with Chris Schaefer, the grand champion. And he's from heavy smoke. If you get to Missouri, you can go to his restaurant too. Leanne says it's great. I'll be there one of these days and, uh, get through the menu myself. Anyway, we're going to take a break here on barbecue nation. We're going to be back in just a couple minutes. Don't go away. everybody it's jt and this is a special version of barbecue nation it is brought to you in part by painted hills natural beef beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends that's painted hills natural beef Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, along with Hall of Famer Leanne Whippen and Chris Schaefer today from Heavy Smoke. Chris is, uh, I won't even say multiple. I'll say, uh, you know, like 10 to the third power uh, winner on uh, different events around you know, the country. It, he, he really is. Um, and I'm not just saying this. Uh, for his age and his accomplishments, it really is above and beyond a lot of the top cookers you know, that have been on the circuit, um, his trophies in his restaurant, which aren't even all of them, uh, show you that. And it isn't just like a bunch of, you know, six, seventh places. These are GCs, you know, reserves. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was interesting, Chris, when you were telling me the story of a gentleman who looked at your KCBS wins and was a little astonished that I think it was, um, I forget which GC you want, uh, he's like, you don't really have that many under your belt. He's like, well, wait a second. You know, the St. Louis, I've won this, that, and the other. So he really didn't get a full scope of what you had accomplished because he was judging you by your KCBS record. Right. Yep. Well, I think it happens to a lot of great cooks in the country because, you know, there, there are so many sanctioning bodies and then there's a lot of great sanctioning bodies. And, you know, if you, if you only follow KCBS, you're going to miss out on, a, on some of the best cooks in the world. Um, mm -hmm. And so, when I was cooking on Cole Sweet Heat uh, with my buddy Cole, we were all KCBS until the last year we cooked together. We cooked a lot of St. Louis Barbecue Society, and we just discovered the St. Louis Barbecue Society. We could cook, you know, 15 times a year or so and not get any further than an hour or two from the house. And it was just really out of out of convenience. But what ends up happening is, you know, everybody, they make each other better. And so mm -hmm. the SLBS teams, they started getting better and better and better. And then a lot of them have crossed over to KCBS and had crazy success. Um, so 2019, I won the St. Louis barbecue society team of the year and 2020, a friend of mine, Billy Hine with triple H, he won the, the SLBS team of the year. And then last year he won the Royal invitational. So you got a couple of world champions that came out of this little bitty sanctioning body in St. Louis, but yeah, I, I won the KCBS invitational in 19 and uh, I was at a competition. I, I, it was so weird. Cause I came out of the porta potty and the guy's like, he's like, Hey, he's like, Hey, you won the KCBS invitational. And I'm like, yeah, I did. And he was like, it's crazy. You've only had like seven or eight cooks and you won that thing. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, I, I, he's like, I looked you up on barbecue data. You've got like seven or eight cooks. I was like, man, I was like, I had, you know, 20, 20, 25 cooks under KCBS for cold, sweet heat. I was like, I've got a hundred and something cooks as heavy smoke and SLBS. I was like, I just haven't cooked a lot of KCBS as, uh, as heavy smoke. And he was like, Oh, okay. That, that makes a lot more sense. You know? So let me, let me, pose this to uh chris to both you and leanne i come from a different world competition world 
and when I started, when I was a young guy, which was about 700 years ago, there were multiple governing bodies, kind of like the way I look at barbecue these days. You know, there was uh, I was in the horse world. And so there was American horse shows. And then you had the different breed associations, and blah, 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 blah. And they were always kind of picking at each other a little bit here and there. Not bad, but they would. Finally, a lot of them kind of came under the umbrella of one organization called the United States Equestrian Federation. Okay. They still had their specific breed or discipline rules to govern and perform by, but they all came under this one umbrella, which one gave them more strength. They could get more prize money. They, there was a lot of upside to it. And I, I'd like to hear both of your thoughts on that. Is that something that could ever happen? Uh, and there's a multiple reasons why it probably wouldn't happen, but is it possible to do that in barbecue comps? I think I'll let the hall of Famer go first. Oh, <laughs> well, you know, I was listening to what Chris had to say. It's a matter of convenience. And now it's probably a matter of cost to go with these other, uh, sanctioning bodies. And it is a good way to get your foot in the door. Uh, but they do have different rules and regulations. So you might master, you know, St. Louis, but you cross over to KCBS and you're going to find, you know, there's different rules. So you have to adapt and, and kind of get yourself into that mode, too. Um, I, I don't really have a clear answer to that. I don't know if you do, Chris. I have an opinion. Um, I don't know if it's a good answer, but like, well, that's OK. What you'll see is, you know, there's a lot of organizations now like uh, Great Lakes Barbecue and Mid-Atlanta Barbecue and a lot of those. And they are still sanctioned KCBS events, um, but they have like a points chase and, you know, a, you know, they have a board that, you know, they, like they, they do things based on being like the Great Lakes Barbecue Association, if that makes sense. Right. But but they are still allowing KCBS to sanction. And I think that's a great way to still use your organization to raise money. Um, you know, you know, work with charities, you know, do that type of things and use your organization for that, but then let KCBS handle the sanctioning and the judging and things like that. And then it makes a lot more uniform. The second part to that is that a lot of sanctioning bodies are born out of problems that you see with your current sanctioning body. And so you'll, you'll have somebody say, Hey, you know, I cook, um, IBCA and, and, you know, Hey, I don't like this. I don't like this. So I'm going to go start Lone Star barbecue. I'm not saying that's exactly what happened. Right. But, right. You know, there's, there's five sanctioning bodies or so in Texas. And I think a lot of them were born with not being happy with the current sanctioning body. Um, so I think that makes it hard to roll them all up under one eventually because, um, because they were, they were caused by not liking something that was going on. If uh-huh. that makes sense. Yeah. That's kind of what they did in the, <clears throat> excuse me, in the horses. Um, and they kind of went through that. I don't want to, you know, like a teenager years, you know, yep. they, they, they started it. Somebody got ticked off about something or didn't like the way something was organized or run. They started their own deal. And like years ago, all those groups prospered. They really did well. But then as time went on and interest waned, and of course, they're all run by volunteers for the most part, you know, that can become very taxing on people. And they finally figure out that there's more to life than staring at a horse's rear end. So I just kind of see a real correlation there that at some point, 
as as barbecue competition grows and and yeah, each individual, if this is a uh, Oregon barbecue, there is no such thing. But if there was Oregon Barbecue Association and they can have their own, you know, kind of rules for their event, but they're also governed by maybe it is KCBS or maybe they come up with something else. I, I doubt if they would, but, you know, they come up with that so that you've got the you've got the organizational rules and this is how an event is supposed to run. But just like in the horses, a different breed had different standards from one type of horse to another, to another Chris Schaefer, Dan Whippen, and I will be back right after this. Don't go away. Hey everybody, it's JT from Barbecue Nation and my friends down at Smoky Bones have come up with a great summer special for you. For a limited time, get the Rib Feast for only $19.99. Now Rib Feast comes with a house rack, two sides, garlic bread and a drink and that's when you actually eat at the restaurant. Smoky Bones, the masters of meat, well they have about 63 locations from Illinois all the way down to Florida and they bring you fire grilled favorites and barbecue platters every day for lunch and dinner and it's great stuff. So find a Smoky Bones near you and enjoy their summer rib feast special, only $19.99. That's Smoky Bones, the masters of meat. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, along with Hall of Famer Leanne Whippen, who's in the co-commander's chair with me. We've got Chris Schaefer today from Heavy Smoke Barbecue. Again, we'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended. You can check them out online at PaintedHillsNaturalBeef.com and also Gunter Wilhelm Knives. Every time Meathead's on the show and I say Gunter, then he goes Gunter. So he corrects my grammar on that. Did you ever notice that, Leanne? Yes, I have. You know, how do you pronounce it? Gunter. Gunter. Oh, yeah. Okay. Side with him. Sure. Uh, I can assure you. I can assure you I won't be uh, correcting anybody's uh, grammar. (laughs) Uh, You know, you're um, you're one of few, I think, competitors out there that have crossed over into the restaurant world and quite successfully, I might add. and now you've achieved, you know, the ultimate probably pinnacle of your career to win the Jack this year. Um, your future, we discussed a little bit and you might dive into other. I don't know if you're willing to talk about what you have slated for the future. But I got to the point where competition, um, t- I'm not going to say took a back seat, but it kind of did because restaurants, you know, require a lot of your time when the cat's away, the mice will play. So I had to prioritize and it was hard for me because I love to compete. You know, I, it, you just get that urge and, you know, you got to keep doing it. But do you feel like because you've do, been doing so many comps per year that you need to now, since you hit the jack, that you can kind of back off a little bit and maybe look at your overall future picture differently? Yeah, absolutely. I was actually talking about that with a lot of people before I won the jack, even, you know, um, nobody can do what we do long-term. Um, if you watch it, you know, all you know, the last 10, 15 years, you'll see these teams come out and, you know, they, they catch fire and they take off, um, like a rocket ship and 
and they, they get to the top and they achieve some great things. And then they open a restaurant and then they pull back and they're still great teams, but they get their priorities straight. Like, you know, cooking 45 plus competitions a year is a strain on your work life, your family life, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just don't think you can do that. But before the Jack, even I was deciding, I'm like, Hey, I think next year I'm going to pull back and maybe cook 25 comps and cook the fun ones and not chase points and not worry about who's going where and, and doing that type of thing and, and spend some more weekends in my restaurant, shaking hands and, and kissing babies, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But after you, winning the Jack, it makes more sense even. Well, that's a good question because if, uh, you know, Brad Leninger has been on the show a couple, three times over the years. He was telling us the last time he was on the show that he basically just when he goes to a comp, it's pretty much just him now. Yep. And he flies to him and uh, he's whoever manages his stuff and whatever. Uh, I mean, I know his team, but he just goes in, cooks and then goes back to work yep. uh, like that. Is that something you would entertain? Well, I um I do that a decent amount now, um, okay. too, but, uh, you know, I, I cook, I cook with my dad. Um, and so, you know, me and him travel to a lot of these competitions and things. And, and I hate, I hate this because it, I, when I used to see people do this, it would drive me crazy, but there's a lot of competitions that I'll cook and just leave and skip awards so I can get home and see my daughter sure. and, and do those types of things. You know, people don't realize the strain it takes to cook, you know, 46 weekends or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so there are a lot that I'll fly into and cook and fly home or, or just go and, and skip awards and get home. And um, I think Brad is probably the king of doing that at this point. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I, I've gotten to the point over the last couple of years that I have done that a lot. And Brad's one of the only guys that's ever done this with that, a lot, that longevity. I mean, that dude's been cooking, you know, 30, 40 comps a year for like ever. eight years, yeah. like eight years, you know, and, some of the best cooks in the world, I think of Travis Clark or, or Blaine Hunter, um, those guys came out and killed it for a few years and then they pulled back and they still come out and they're still competitive, but like they're focusing on business and, and career. And um, I don't think that's a bad thing at all. I think, I think, and I don't compete. I've judged a few small things, but I don't com- compete, Chris. Uh I think when you get out there and you've got some trophies and you've won some comps and you get, you know, you've won the Jack, I think that's a great thing. It's a great story for your restaurant business or your catering business, whatever you're going to do. And I think that actually is one time like Leanne was suggesting, you can kind of sit back a little bit on your laurels, if you will and still have a very successful restaurant business or catering business or a combination thereof. And, you know, still be at home sometimes to watch your daughter grow up. Yeah. I think the reality of it is if you, if anybody's being honest and I might be the only guy that'll come on here and be honest is that we're all crazy competitive, but we all have these giant egos and we want to be the best and we want everybody out there to think we're the best. And so we keep pushing and, even in a year where you think you're not going to cook a lot of comps, if I come out March, April, May and win four comps, I'm in a points chase. And now I am running for team of the year, you know, mm-hmm. and you have a guy like Brad, who's such a dang good cook that him rattling off four or five wins in the first couple of months of the year is pretty easy to do. Mm-hmm. And then you find yourself in a points chase. And, um, 
you know, it, Brad's won team of the year three times. If he wins it four times, no one's going to think any more or less of him. Uh, but in our heads, in our heads, we, we want to do those things. And like I said, I think it's ego and competitiveness. that just keeps us running. Was that you, Leanne? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, also you get to a point where when you lay off the circuit, you kind of question your ability and if you're going to win and you worry about, oh my God, what if I tank on this and how's that going to look? So you're taking a risk by, you know, not hitting the circuit every weekend by, you know, just kind of going in there cold sometimes and it's, it becomes risky. So you kind of question yourself, should I even compete? You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, but yeah, it, it is inherent in, you know, all of us as competitors that it's a drive and just something that we have and, well, and I, hard I to think, let go. <laughs> I, I guarantee Leanne will echo this uh, sentiment that like, you know, we, we want to be successful and you want to win things, but the most important thing to any of us is respect from our peers. Right. We, uh-huh. we, you want to show up to a competition and everybody be like, man, I'm so happy Leanne's here, but dang, she's probably going to take it to us. Right. Uh-huh. Um, and so it's like, you earn that. And if you go away, you, you, you worry that people are going to forget or yeah, they're yes. going, or, or yes. they're going to think you're done. You know, we were, t- we were talking about competition and, and Chris threw out there a little bit of ego. I, I wish I could say that I've never met anybody in barbecue that had an ego uh, that that's never happened on this show. <laughs> I would say. Um I think it's, it's kind of a weird thing because I mean, I think I try to do this. I think others do too. Is like, you try to stay humble and you know yeah. that like, you, you know, that what you're doing is kind of dumb. You're, you're cooking meat in a parking lot for strangers. And like, at the end of the day, does it really matter? Um, so it's like, you try to stay humble, but I mean, if you don't have that ego and the drive to go be the best, then that's like, there's really no point being out here. I agree. I don't know if I, you know, the ads, it's partly ego, Chris, but also I'm going to say, self-confidence too you you work to get to a certain level and you know you've put in the work you know you cook those you know 45 or 50 chicken thighs every week and your wife's sick of them or whatever whatever it is and i you know it's it's not a big ego i i was joking when i said that about other people i um to me it's just confidence you you've worked hard you want to be good at something and like your motto, that's how you get good at something. You know, yep. you practice, you continually practice. And whether it's playing the piano or cooking ribs, you got to practice. There's mm-hmm. no, there's no way around it. You know, we get a lot of people on the listen to the show or, you know, email us, what have you run into people. And um, they're like, you know, man, I had some of the best ribs yesterday at my, my neighbor Bob's house and all this stuff. Well, they probably were good, but are they good enough to win something? That's the big question for me. Uh Well, and I even get that at the restaurant. I had a guy one time, he's like, man, your ribs are great at the restaurant. He's like, here's how I do. I think I like mine a little bit better. And I told him, I said, man, I said, I don't doubt that yours are better. You cooked one rack on a Sunday and you put all your focus into one rack. I cooked yeah. 50 racks today yeah. along with 30, <laughs> along with 30 pork butts and 25 briskets. So yeah. if, if my rack of ribs ain't as good as your one, that's probably because I was cooking 200 other pieces of meat. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. Are you using drums at the restaurant? No, I got old hickories out of Cape Girardeau, Missouri. Sure. Sure. The, the drums, uh, the drums, I think, you know, the drum flavor. 
is second to none, and it would be awesome to pull it off. I know, I know, Brad's done that for a lot of years cooking uh, drums at the restaurant, but man, I don't, I don't know how you'd ever do that on. No, I agree. I had old hickories too, Southern Prides. You've got to go with big commercial smokers. You just can't do the volume. It's impossible as much as you would like to. Yeah, I I would think it would be really tough. I mean, if you could only get, uh, you know, 50 or 60 pounds of brisket in one smoker or whatever the number is, and you're going to cook, you know, a thousand pounds of brisket a day or whatever that, that number is, Chris, it would be very difficult to do that on drums. Yep. And I, I've, uh, I had a judge's class for the St. Louis barbecue society one time and they asked me to cook ribs, um, for the class. And just to prove a point, I hung 18 racks of ribs in it and, uh, and they were not good. They were not good. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, like, where did the airflow go? How did that happen? There, yeah. there was, it was non-existent. Non-existent. Oh, well, yeah. it's all good. Um, I think we're going to have to take another break here and we're going to be back with Chris Schaefer from heavy smoke barbecue and Real quick, Chris, we'll do it again at the, at the end of the show and in the after hours. How can people find out about you? Um, the Facebook page is Heavy Smoke BBQ. Our website's heavysmokebbq.com. That's uh, really your best two avenues. Okay. We're going to take a break. We're going to be back here on USA Radio Networks and the Barbecue Nation Network and all the networks that we can possibly get our fingers into right after this. Hey, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT along with Leanne Whippen, and we've got Chris Schaefer with us today from Heavy Smoke Barbecue. Uh, champion at the Jack, not long ago. <laughs> and, uh, that all I have to do is say that and look at him smile. And he's just got that. Well, smile. I don't blame him. Yeah. Well deserved. So the question is, gosh, you know, that you've accomplished that. I mean, what is your future goal or do you have something on your bucket list that you want to win or do, or, you know, cause once you check the box, you move on to the next one. What's your next one? I've, I've got a lot of goals. I don't know if I'll ever achieve them because I don't know if I, I, I almost feel like I'm, I don't want to say I'm losing the drive, but like, I don't know if I'll ever put in the time to go win team of the year at this point. Um, mm-hmm. I want to, and I think it'd be a cool thing to have, but I, I don't know if I've got 50 weekends uh, in me uh, going forward. And if I take a couple, couple years and back off and then chase it again, that might be a goal. And like you said, I'm still pretty young in the game of barbecue, mm-hmm, so sure. I could let I could wait till my daughter's a little bit older and come back out and chase it again, maybe. But um, I tell and you your what, your daughter next, could cook with you. <laughs> she she cooked her first kids to you last uh, last month, and she got third uh, pork tenderloins. Awesome. So good for her. Yeah. So it was funny because the, the kids queue, they told me it was pork loin. And so we were practicing like cutting pork loin into chops. And I got her a, a little smoky Joe with grill grates. And she's like, she's doing chops, perfect grill marks, everything. And then we have the, the cooks meeting for the kids queue and they hand her pork tenderloins. And I was like, oh, this oh, is a big difference. I was like, that's this is a difference. very different thing. Um, yeah. But she just she just put uh, my, my white label rub on it. She cooked it um, to about about 145. and. 
sliced it and put some blues hog on it and sent it. I mean, it was, it was pretty basic, go. but, yeah. uh, it's kind of hard to go wrong with, you know, one of my rubs and some blues hog, but, uh, you know, I would say next bucket, which I think it's almost impossible to win. Uh, but I'm very excited about going to cook at Houston. Um, Oh now, yeah. The rodeo. Yeah. yeah so yeah. qualifying for Houston by winning the jacket to go cook on champions row. Um, man, I, you, know, you don't ever expect to win something as big as that monster, but like, man, it'd be fun. It'd be real cool. That would be good. I would love to see that. So do you have a cowboy hat? I do. I was born in Texas. That a boy. Oh, hey. to be. Represent. You can do that. Maybe George Strait will come out and hang with you for a while he usually sings at, at houston every other year or something so my wife my wife is a giant uh george Strait fan so i'm hoping he's not there because she will leave me <laughs> that's awesome we got, so the, you guitar. Have, we got um, the guitar for winning the jack and it's signed by eric church and i was like that's pretty cool my wife's like it's not george Strait. <laughs> yeah so in he, addition to your restaurants and your competition team you have rubs and, and sauces correct I got rubs. I'm working on getting the sauces out. The sauces are truly just restaurant sauces. You tried them all. Yeah, um, they were great, though. I don't, your rub I don't, is my favorite beef rub, by the way. And I'm not just good. saying that. Yeah, it's it good, is. isn't it? So, um, good. so I got a white label and a black label. Um, and so I, I'll tell you a story on that. So we, we started a food truck. Uh, me and my business partner started a food truck in 2018. And we were buying commercial rubs. And it was eating me alive. We're trying to you know buy commercial rubs for barbecue. and I was like, man, I think I can make something. And so we just started putting stuff together and we came up with it. We really liked it. And, um, and I started practicing with it. And then the, uh, that winter of uh, 2019, 2018, 2019, I was cooking every weekend. I was using the heck out of my rubs. And the first competition I ever used my rubs in was the KCBS Invitational in 2019 where we won it. Wow. And uh, that was the first time I ever used my rubs. And on the way home, I told my partner, I'm like, we got to put this in a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, so we started getting a bottle and getting out there and there's, there's people all over the country using it. Now the white label is kind of an all purpose rub. It's sweet with mm -hmm. some, a little bit of heat on the back end. It took second place in the spicy category at the, the Royal, um, black label, which took uh, 19th in the, or no, it took, yeah, I think it was 19th overall, um, in the, uh, the other category. Um, but black label is more brisket, you know, it's a little, a little saltier, a little savory, mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's got a real pretty color to it. Um, flavors, flavors out of this world. I actually had a buddy of mine say that he used that black label on chickens at a CBA contest in Texas and got second place this weekend. So wow, good. Using, awesome. using my brisket rub on chicken. Hey, that I works. Like that. Chris, what's your favorite thing to cook? Well, does it doesn't it have even to have to be. It, no, it can be anything. So I cooked, uh, I cooked a lot when I was young. And so I always joke that I'm a little more chef than I am pitmaster. Um, so I love Italian food. I love cooking pastas, um, you know, making like gnocchi from scratch and, um, mm. and, and things, things like that. I, I, I really, I really like cooking. I, I think, I think I might try to follow in Leanne's footsteps and, and uh, attempt one of these barbecue shows uh, at some point, because you know, they're a lot more chef and barbecue. And I think, I think, I think I could have the chops for it. Yeah. You got to think outside the box. Yeah, you do. And good luck on the show. <laughs> Leanne and I can both say that to you. Good luck on the show. <laughs> Who was it? Son Sonny? Was it Sonny? Told us? Uh, uh, or it was Sonny? Sonny yeah, it was, Paula? it was Sonny. It was yeah. Sonny. She yeah, said she Sonny. wanted to do a she wanted to do a show. And Leanne and I had never talked about this, but simultaneously we said, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's risky. Yeah. 
It well, is the real. thing. The thing is, I think sometimes it's like lose lose. It's like uh, you know, if you've got a successful restaurant and you go to one of those shows and you're the first one kicked off, it like might hurt you. And if you if you win, I don't know how much it actually translates to people walking through your door, anyways. So. I think um, any presence on TV, whether you win or lose, is still going to add uh, credence to your brand just because you're yeah. on TV, just to get to that point. I mean, somebody's got to lose, right? Um, yeah, I remember Melissa Cookston. I went to her house one time and she was teaching a class down there and she had just done Chopped. And she said, whatever you do, don't do Chopped. And I said, why? What happened? She said, right out of the gate, I cut my finger. And she said it was the biggest mistake ever. And of course, I did chopped after that and re regretted it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, how many people really remember that kind of stuff? You know, they're going to remember you aren't chopped. I mean, I don't even remember who all was on the show. <laughs> yep. You know, it's kind of crazy, you know. Well, it's like the the year of barbecue brawl that you won first season, right? Right. Um, it's like I didn't know a whole lot of people on that show. I knew mm -hmm. you and I knew Tuffy. I knew Joe. Well, Joe goes home week one. I'm like, he's one of the best pit masters in the world. Exactly. And Tuffy goes home week two. And I'm like, what is going on right now? Like, <laughs> you know, and there's like, Oh, this guy's like, man, I grill some steaks sometime. And he like makes it almost all the way to the end. I'm like, what is going on right now? It's You know what? You can be a really good cook, but it's the pressure of TV. Current reigning champion from the Jack. How's that sound to you for a title reigning champion? It's crazy. You know, um, I think one of you mentioned earlier, it's like the pinnacle, you know what I mean? I yeah. think so many, so many of us that do this, uh, hold the Jack in like the highest regard. Um, and you know, all the, all the world championships are hard. They're all hard to win. And like, I'd be happy to win any of them, but the Jack ever since I started was number one. So, uh, still, still pinching myself, you know, it's been 10 days or so. And I, I've went back and watched the YouTube video of me winning it. Uh, I don't know, 600 times. I think it has like 700 views and 600 were mine probably. Um, <laughs> but that's uh, yeah, killer. It's, it's, it's crazy. I'm, I'm very happy. Chris, thank you very much. Yes, we appreciate you. it again, real quick. How can people find you direct them to your website? Yep. Heavy smoke BBQ.com. And uh, we're pretty active on Facebook at heavy smoke BBQ. Very good. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for us this week on Barbecue Nation. Uh, Leanne and I will be back next week with another show. Of course, we will. And for Chris, thank you again. And remember our motto here, folks, turn it, don't burn it. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.